Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings and welcome on board the WKOK live telephone talk show On The Mark. This is OTM on COVID as we try to... Oh, I'm sorry. Jeez. We put Joe in a tent. I never did turn the air on there. Oh, so sorry. Thank you. That's much better. <laughs> there you go. Are you happy now? I can breathe again. <laughs> yeah. Plus, if, depending upon what you ate yesterday, you could really well, suffer in there. I don't mind that, but it's making me take a shower and hand sanitizer before I come in the studio that's really beginning to bother me. Yeah, I guess somebody had a pizza in there or something the other day. It does well, they have, did. I mean, I, and I didn't think they, they sanitized the box when they were done. It does have a slight... <laughs> <laughs> does have a slight malodor. Or pepperoni, I think. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome on board. This is the WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. Uh, we'll have open phones as the hour progresses. That telephone number, when the time comes, will be 1-800-795-9565. Throughout that time, you're welcome to email us at onthemark at wkok.com. And, of course, we always tell you that On the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Please check them out at sunburymotors.com. We have on the news line, we asked for a chance to talk to Mike Pietzu, the Snyder County District Attorney, on what's going on in the court systems and what to watch out for by way of where crimes and how his office is operating and so on. So, Mike, thank you so much for checking in this morning. Yes, good morning, Mike. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Mark. Great do, to be with you. Thank do, you. do appreciate your calling in. Uh, give us a, a glimpse of how the court system is operating at this time. We know there's a slightly reduced operation, but crime doesn't stop just because there's a pandemic. So tell us, describe the Snyder County court operations now. Absolutely. The courthouse is currently closed to the public, but that doesn't mean our business stops either in the DA's office or in the courts. What we've done is gone to a emergency uh, schedule, emergency mode. We are still doing hearings in the courtroom and at the uh, district judge's offices uh, for uh, incarcerated individuals. We're doing it using uh, video conferencing for the inmates. We have a setup in the courtroom at the courthouse, actually, where uh, my office has equipment and we are participating uh, via video and then the inmates are on another TV screen and the judge and the court reporter in the courtroom and the attorneys participate either by video or by phone. Um, so those are the um, bare central operations that we continue to do. Uh, but as you mentioned, arrests are still being made, crimes are still being committed, and new cases are coming in. We are just uh, triaging the more uh, severe and the more um, important cases to be handling at this time. How far behind do you think you'll be when this is all over or when things open up again? I mean, I, obviously it's putting some kind of strain on the system. It's going to be a tremendous strain. We are uh, filling up a lot of water behind the dam. Um, and when, the, when there's a controlled release from the dam, it's going to take <laughs> a while to draw it down, to use that analogy. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, and uh, is crime reduced, though? Some of our police departments say they're still going out there. They're still dealing with almost as much uh, activity as they had before. What are you seeing in Snyder County in terms of the crime rate? Uh, boy, it's uh, hard to tell. I don't have stats on that. Anecdotally, when people are staying at home, people who tend to stay at home or people who tend to follow rules more, people who commit crimes tend to be people who don't follow those rules as much. So uh, I know that in, incoming criminal complaints haven't really dropped off much. Um, one of my biggest concerns uh, would be domestic violence and child abuse, which are crimes that occur within the home uh, to vulnerable people out of the light of day. And because of the stay at home, it's possible that we have victims who are not out and about in the community. Uh, oftentimes reports come because someone sees uh, bruises, injuries uh, whatsoever. I want to make sure that people understand that there are safe houses and there are ways to get them to safety if they need it during these times. What if someone sees something or suspects something? I mean, are they going to get in any trouble if they report it and it turns out not to be what they thought it might be? If people have a good faith reason to report, then no, then they're protected. Um, you know, we don't want to see um, false reports, and we will prosecute them if they happen just to create more stress and more trauma in these times. Uh, but if people have a good faith reason to make that call, then, yeah, we're encouraging them to do it. If you see something, say something. Some counties around the state, I don't know about any around here, are reducing staff by furloughing employees. Have you had to make any changes in your staff? Commissioner Kantz called me uh, late yesterday um, to discuss possible furloughs in Snyder County. Uh, I'm looking at uh, my staff and our workload. Uh, my staff's actually, we're down one right now anyways. We had some staff changes around Thanksgiving and had started going through the interviewing process when uh, and did not make a hire when this started. So we we're actually down a staff person. Uh, and several of my staff people are grant funded. So uh, number one, the workload really isn't down. It just looks different right now. And number two, um, in terms of staffing, I'm already I'm already short. So um, we're going to make contributions. Uh, if there's going to be budget revenue implications because of COVID, then uh, certainly my office will do its part. Let's talk about uh, how maybe an individual who gets in trouble with the law might be handled differently. Uh, at the magisterial level, is there any changes in the way bail is determined? Well, we are focused on public safety, and public safety uh, includes uh, inmates and staff at the prison. We're very concerned about protecting the prison population and the correction staff there, and so we've uh, been making steps to balance that public safety, public health with public safety. Um, so if someone commits a severe crime, then they can expect that we're going to request bail as usual. Uh, if it's a uh, first-time nonviolent offense, then they're most likely getting ROR or unsecured and getting a summons uh, to come to court um, a month or two down the road. Uh, we're taking a wait-and-see approach when it comes to scheduling those types of cases uh, month by month. Any thought to letting some of the people who are in prison already out uh, if they have committed nonviolent offenses? 
Yes, there's been a concerted effort by uh, myself, Judge Charlie, and the local defense attorneys and the prison officials to review uh, high risk um, in terms of health, uh, but low risk to community safety and to uh, either uh, parole them or to uh, modify bail. Uh, it's a very, very tricky situation. We're not going to just open the doors because of panic. Um, there were efforts by the ACLU to get the Pennsylvania Supreme Court to tell all the counties how to do their business, which was uh, ill-advised, ill-informed, and it simply would have just opened the door categorically. Uh, we are taking a case-by-case uh, evaluation. Uh, the CDC has guidelines, and we're trying to implement them uh, in terms of drawing down uh, the population at the prison to allow more social distancing uh, and cohorts. Um, I know that they're also making efforts that if there are new commits, they are being uh, quarantined for 14 days to limit the exposure to other inmates. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, a great concern, but it's as always balanced with public safety. Have any been released so far, Mike? Yeah. How many? How many, yeah. <laughs> I don't have the numbers uh, in front of me. The um, The prison population overall is down uh, probably about 15 or 20 percent. Now, that's both uh, a function of some parole cases, bail modifications, but also in terms of, um, I think, the district judges making an effort and being mindful uh, when setting bail in new cases. Um, and also because there's a, um, what's the word for it? There's sort of a pause in terms of inter-county transportation of inmates. So uh, my understanding is a lot of counties are just sheltering their inmates in place, even if technically they might have rolled to bail for another county, et cetera. Um, but we are being um, very conscientious about um, giving the prison the space uh, and the ability that they need uh, to do their jobs in a safe way. Well, there's been a story, of course, about 900 inmates being transferred from a prison down south up here to Allen, or to, I'm sorry, to Lewisburg. Yeah, federal penitentiary, federal cr- criminals. Uh, any chance you're going to be asked to deal with any of these people in, in Snyder County? No. Fortunately, that's a the federal system is completely separate from ours. I can't imagine. I mean, I suppose it's theoretically possible, but uh, the federal Department of Corrections is on a scale that is hard to get your hands around. I mean, just to put it in perspective, they're transferring in 900 inmates from another prison. Uh, Snyder County's entire population usually varies around 100 people. I think we're down to around 75 right now. So it's a completely different scale. We're not equipped to handle... Uh, that number one, those types of numbers, but we're also not equipped to handle um, the types of inmates um, that that would be coming in. So um, we oftentimes will house for other county prisons, but again, that's on pause. Uh, again, trying to uh, isolate our inmates and ex- uh, really prevent exposure from the outside, if at all possible. And if it does happen, then to quarantine. Um, and I, I know how hard. Um, our correction staff and the medical staff are 
working there to make sure that that doesn't happen. Well, some of the prisons, federal prisons, have been moving inmates around to try and spread out, I guess, the COVID uh, people who are... Yes, so it's not all at one jail. (laughs) Not all at one jail. Is there any move in the state to do something similar? I mean, have you had any requests? There is an effort by the state. The um, uh, Through the DA's association, we've had uh, many conversations with Secretary Wetzel, um, and we're making efforts to assist the Department of Corrections. We are in the process of uh, helping negotiate legislation that would allow a controlled release or at least transfer of, again, some of those low-level, low-public uh, uh, safety risk inmates. Um, the legislature uh, did not get a chance to act before the governor issued an executive order. Um, I'm pleased that the Department of Corrections is following many of the uh, protocols that we had uh, come up with together. So uh, they've also reopened a uh, state uh, facility, SCI retreat, in order to give them uh, some more space to move to. Uh, I believe they're going to be looking to reduce their population through executive action. Uh, I got a list of five inmates, state inmates from Snyder County. Um, and been put on notice that they are going to be considered for early parole under the governor's action. Um, I've had the opportunity to review that list. I'm happy to say I don't, I don't believe any of them pose a risk to public safety in Snyder County, which would be my number one concern. Uh, but there are very strong efforts at the state level to, to create that space and that ability to move populations around and, uh, prevent uh, intake. I believe we did do a story here about some slight changes at the jail, that there were no in-person visitations for the inmates, that that was all being done, I guess, telephonically through their glass enclosures, and then uh, staff was having their temperature taken. Uh, is that, uh, is that a, a start of an explanation about how the jail itself has changed its operation? Yeah, I mean, it's very similar to the courthouse, actually. Um, They are uh, screening uh, all inmates when they come in. I believe they're temperature testing staff when they're coming in. Uh, Again, all in an effort that um, if COVID gets behind the walls, we're going to have a very serious situation on our hands. And so to do whatever possible to prevent that from happening, um, including... um, those screening techniques, yeah. Have you been asked to prosecute this stay-at-home order in crime? I know Shemokin Dam had a case, so, I mean, eventually that will make it to your desk if it hasn't already. Have you seen any of those come across your desk? I haven't. Those, um, my understanding and the guidance that I received from uh, the Governor's Office of General Counsel is that those are summary offenses under the Disease Control and Prevention Act of 1955. So those would be handled by the officers at the magistrate's office. Let's switch gears for a minute. Uh, this is, um, you know, all of us have gotten these phone calls, apology calls from our electric utility for overcharging us. Are there any kind of scams going on around the state that people should be aware of with respect to phone calls since we're all at home and presumably more vulnerable? Yeah, Joe, sadly, um, criminals and offenders take advantage of crises like these. Uh, people tend to not make the best decisions when they're stressed, um, which is exactly how con men operate. They either create a stressful situation or they leverage a stressful situation. It could be um, scams um, such as as simple as price gouging. Uh, People are trying to get necessary supplies if uh, prices for specific goods 
just skyrocket 20, 30, 100% from what they were selling for before the crisis, then that's illegal. Um, there are scams trying to sell kits, testing kits. Uh, there are scams trying to sell um, COVID-specific health insurance or life insurance or Medicare. Um, and typically the way those scams will work is that they use that opportunity to get personal information from the person, either through email or a phone call. It's called phishing. And they're looking for personal information that they can leverage and either use themselves or there's a huge black market for personal information. So they might not be using it themselves. They might just be flipping it and selling it to a wholesaler on the black market for personal information data. Uh, and that's if something seems too good to be true, it usually is. If someone's asking for personal information, uh, bank information, uh, social security numbers, dates of birth, then be very cautious about giving that information out unless, you know, especially if they're calling you. If they're calling you, they're trying to sell you something. And if you're not buying, then hang up. If you're interested in a product or a service, then the best thing to do is to search around, to ask, to make those calls yourselves um, rather than expose yourself to these. And they're good. And one of the issues we have many times is that the scammers succeed and then the victims feel embarrassed. Like, oh, I got taken. I, I, you know, I don't want to report this. I don't want my friends and family to know. Um, but that's how the scammers win. You know, it, there's no shame in being taken by a professional. These people aren't amateurs. They are very good at what they do. They are trained. They have money uh, for equipment and technology. They can make a phone call using uh, apps and other technology, computer software, and fake caller ID to make it look like they're coming from a certain phone number or a certain company. Um, they're trained. They have scripts. I mean, you can imagine these. there's call centers, and that's all they do is make calls and try to get this information. And so we need people to report, and it's twofold. One, it gives us the best opportunity to try to stop these people and to get money back if people get taken. But the other part is the public awareness aspect. If we don't know about it, then we can't put the word out. You know, if someone sees a a suspicious car driving around their neighborhood, um, you know, they might take a picture and put it on Facebook, get the word out. Hey, there's this creepy car driving around. Well, if we get enough calls and people are calling in saying, hey, I got this company or this person calling saying this or that, hey, we can get the word out and put people on notice. And then they can start thinking like, oh, wait a minute, I think I heard something about this. All right. Well, that's sound advice. We, I wish we could just uh, play this tape back for every uh, se- senior citizen every morning around here. It's just <laughs> every day, you know, we, we open the news releases and so on, and there's another um, victim around here who sent, you know, X number of dollars to somebody or Walmart gift cards to somebody who's in trouble or whatever it happens to be. So, yes, yeah, sound advice. Thanks for that. Uh, last question that I have. Uh, price gouging, is that something that the local district attorney gets in involved in? Have you heard of any cases like that? I Fortunately, no, not here in Snyder County. Uh, I do know that the Attorney General's office, uh, Josh Shapiro's office, has set up a unit, and so people are free to call local law enforcement. They can call my office. They can also contact the Attorney General's office. Uh, they are tracking uh, price gouging on a statewide basis. Is it prosecuted? To go back to your other oh, okay. point about... Uh, our seniors, Mark, is especially during this time where so many are isolated, uh, even more so, um, check in on them. Family, neighbors, 
just checking in on them once in a while is going to be critically important um, to make sure because those are the people who get targeted the most vulnerable. One one more question on my end, and and that is, different businesses are you know required to close by the governor because of their non-essential nature in his view, but other places are selling the things those non-essential businesses are are not permitted to sell. Is this are you prosecuting any businesses, or have you had complaints about any businesses opening? I won't say illegally, but in despite the governor's order that they're non-essential. No, I haven't, Joe. Actually. Um, I'm pleased to say that I think people are uh, disappointed, upset, but understanding that the more social distancing that we commit to now, the sooner this is going to be over. Uh, I think, obviously, the effects we're going to see for many months. uh, But, no, I'm happy to say I, I have not gotten any reports like that. One of our listeners sends a text says, is it illegal to hoard toilet paper? <laughs> it's just not advisable, right? No no crime necessarily. All right. I can understand the uh, the desire, and I admit going down the aisle, if there's a packet, I might pick up an extra one. But, uh, you know, the, the, the supply chains are intact, and I think that's a, a very emotional purchase, and I totally understand it. Um, it's crazy. But, Remember, there might be people who are only getting out once a week or every couple weeks right now. All right, we'll keep in touch. And, uh, Oops, please, go ahead. Sorry, I just want to, uh, uh, before uh, we sign off, to really send uh, a special thanks to our, our local law enforcement and first responders who are out there every day. Um, when many people uh, are appropriately staying home, they are out there doing their jobs, keeping us safe, um, and I want to uh, comment about the Department of Health finally releasing some of the information that they have about cases uh, on the county by county level. That's going to be really, really critical information for our communication centers to have so that if police or law enforcement are called to an address, uh, they can be put on notice. I know they're acting and they're performing their duties uh, so honorably, and they act as if every case is going to involve an infected case. Um, but it's still the more information they have, the more prepared they can be. And so I want to uh, send a shout out to all of our, uh, our first responders and law enforcement. How's that going to work? As long as you brought up the subject, and we should have brought it up earlier, if Derek Shambaugh had to sign a non non disclosure agreement, uh, how does the information actually get to the first responders if they've signed an agreement saying they won't disclose it? Well, I'm I'm making the uh, educated assumption that the non-disclosure is to say non-disclosure to the public. Okay. Um, the, the the only reason to give them that information, besides certain county officials banging on Department of Health to start releasing that information to him, is for him to be able to share that with the people who need to know it, like first responders and, and the comm center. So uh, I have not seen the non-disclosure, um, but I'm I'm quite certain that the non-disclosure allows them to disclose to certain personnel for certain purposes. 
All right. Well, thank you so much uh, yeah, for checking thanks, in, Mike. Mike. Really appreciate the update. You have an open hey, mic. Hey, my pleasure. Here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, write down that number or call it back oh, anytime you have important information. <laughs> Especially if you find any new scams going on. <laughs> right. All thanks, right. I'll Mike. Keep you posted. Hey, thanks, everybody. Stay home. Stay safe. All Take right, care. Thank you. Mike Piazza, Snyder County District Attorney, uh, former head of the State District Attorneys Association as well. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with a few moments left on this segment of On the Mark. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Okay. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show. On the mark, 1-800-795-9565 will be the open phone during the 9 a.m. hour, so we would invite you to check in at that time. On the mark, brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street, Sunbury, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf. I invite you to do what I have just done. Go what have the, you done? Tell me on, what you've went, done. Went to the quick line <laughs> on North 4th Street in Sunbury. I got pumped up with nitrogen. How am I looking? I knew there was something wrong with you. <laughs> yep, we got pumped up with nitrogen. We had them running through the car wash. We checked the alignments in perfect condition. We made an appointment. They get the vehicle painted and uh, we're going to take my truck to the big truck shop too. Get a big lift kit put on there and get it lifted up in the air so about two or three inches. And I guess what? Yeah, they can handle all of that plus a lot more. They can fix any type of vehicle at all whatsoever. And no matter what is wrong with it, uh, they got the know-how, the knowledge, the skills, uh, the education, the information, the big, big books, those big binders on the top of the cabinets. They got some of them, too. And guess what? Uh, they, any parts that are needed, they can order that. The parts department is second to none. So that's why you can go to the Sunbury Motor Company right now. You can't buy my Ranger off the lot, but you can definitely get your vehicle fixed, painted, washed, aligned, pumped up with nitrogen, and they would just love to super serve you at the quick lane. You're listening to On the Mark on News Radio 1070 WDKOK Sunbury. We'll come back with some brief news headlines and then we'll open up the phones. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, 
Mark Lawrence, and Joe McGranahan. Greetings and welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. Believe it or don't, we're halfway through the month of April. What the heck happened? It is April 15th of 2020. Maybe this month is dragging for you. Uh, it's, it's just a normal month for me. I mean, we go to work, we work, 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 and then we go home on the weekend. So uh, that's pretty much normal around here. We are staffed on the weekend. We added some weekend newscasts. We added a special CBS program, Changed Forever, on Saturday morning. Uh, last Sunday morning, we had a special Easter sunrise service, so that was nice. But we have got uh, lots to do around here. But it is uh, mid-April now. We're at April 15th, 2020. On the mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. You can check them out at sunburymotors.com. You can call us now. Maybe you have a reaction or a remark about the words of uh, the Snyder County District Attorney, Mike Piazzo, talking about the fact that there have been some inmates who were released a little earlier than expected at the Snyder County Prison. Of course, they're still on uh, limited access. No visitors can have an in-person contact with uh, somebody who they would like to see at the prison. So that is happening there. Uh, Maybe the scams. We still just find so many uh, individuals locally, primarily some older individuals, but young people too, uh, falling victim to scams around here. So, uh, of course, primarily use of the telephone seems to be the way to get it, uh, get into these homes. So uh, he had some sound advice uh, there. So if you'd like to comment on anything he had to say, call us 1-800-795-9565. The president has decided to curtail some funding for the WHO, World Health Organization, and uh, maybe you have a reaction to that. The president, of course, looking to make sure that uh, whatever led to this pandemic is uh, led him to be in the position that he's in now, uh, that that is fully vetted and investigated. So we'd love your opinion. 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com and text us at 70236. In the news uh, today in Shemokin, a homicide took place at a South Market Street home, according to police, and according to a man who admitted to the killing, 38-year-old Andre Stone admitted killing Don Latcha at their South Market Street home, County Coroner and Shemokin Police investigating there. Governor Tom Wolf participated in what has turned out to be one of several media opportunities during the day yesterday. It was a conference call uh, where he talked about how if he allows uh, things to open too soon, it will have a negative impact on the economy in the long run. We could open businesses, but if employees don't feel safe coming to work, they're not going to come. If customers don't feel safe coming to buy something, they won't buy anything. They might even have owners who don't feel safe owning something in, in a situation like this. So we, all of us, whether you're Republican or Democrat, we could, we could all wish the same thing, which is to have the economy get back to exactly where it was before this whole thing began by the snap of the finger. But that's just not going to happen. The governor said that he has not had an opportunity to read Senate Bill 613. That's a Republican proposal that made it through the state house yesterday now goes back to the Senate for concurrence. The bill would force the governor to adopt new rules that would allow far more businesses to open during the pandemic. The bill would direct Governor Wolf to develop a system based on guidance from the Centers for Disease Control rather than the governor's list that was compiled by the governor's staff of businesses which must stay closed. 
closed. Governor Wolf closed businesses deemed not essential, uh, but uh, many tied to essential businesses were also closed in the process and cannot reopen. Member of the House's Republican majority argued that the Wolf administration approach is inconsistent, unfair, difficult to understand, and it is completely non-transparent. He says there are businesses that, uh, they said rather, the GOP said there are some businesses that can operate safely. Of course, you heard John Gordner talking about this last week, and David Rowe talked about it yesterday. Later on, uh, he said the uh, bill did pass in the House and goes uh, back to the state Senate. While he was on the news line yesterday, he says there are examples of people who do need to make a car sale. And many of these people are healthcare workers who have had to either borrow cars, taking them away from other family members just to get to work, where they're definitely considered essential even by the governor. And so this transportation shortage has left Pennsylvania consumers to go out of state. He says he's supporting a number of pieces of legislation that made it through the House yesterday uh, that would change this. You can hear all of his remarks on the WKOK podcast page. Well, we had Joe Canso on the radio a week ago talking about the fact that they just can't get any information about the uh, individuals who have COVID-19 in their community, even if you are part of the emergency management or a first responder. Well, that is going to change. County EMAs are being asked to sign non-disclosure agreements and if they sign that, then the State Department of Health will give them the information as it relates to uh, the COVID-19 individuals who have tested positive uh, in their county. Trouble is, the individuals in the county must keep it secret. They cannot tell the public who the individuals are. They can only disclose it uh, to and only to first responders who may come in contact, and that would be police, uh, fire, and ambulance who may come in contact with uh, some of those individuals. I'm not sure if fire is on that list. I'm just used to saying those in a string, but certainly ambulance paramedics uh, would be uh, on that list, EMS uh, individuals. Finally, President Donald Trump uh, says uh, he is now open to some states reopening on their own before the federal social distance guidelines expire at the end of the month. He appears to be backing off his claim of absolute king authority to decide when the time is right. Of course, anybody who has even the smallest copy of the Constitution would know that the president does not have absolute authority over all things in all places. Hours earlier, though, he had suggested that the bipartisan concerns of governors about his assertion of power would amount to an insurrection if the states tried to use the power that they had been granted in the Constitution. And finally, in a complete and total opportunity to campaign for president while using the White House to do so in the U.S. Treasury, in an unprecedented decision finalized late Monday, when recipients open their $1,200 paper checks, the IRS is scheduled to begin sending to 70 million Americans. President Donald J. Trump will be on the left side of the payment. In the memo line, the president made sure that his name will appear on all of the checks that will be going out shortly to 70 million Americans. So in the memo line, it won't just say something like previous stimuluses have said, something that this is to help get the economy going or that this is part of a federal stimulus program, you'll get to see a 
note from President Donald J. Trump like on each pe- and every like check. Like the people don't already know who the president is. Have you ever noticed uh, that everything that has the state implement on it, every billboard, it always says uh, Mr. Wolf Governor, Tom yeah, Wolf Governor? Uh, I mean, that's just what they do. Right. I, I don't think this benches. is. A, I don't think this is a, a terrible situation. And if it were normal, if it weren't this president, it would be fine. But he's such a narcissist, and this is part of that uh, superiority, total authority thing. That if a, somebody gets a check in the U.S. from the federal government, from now on, it has to have his name on it. Don't you? you that doesn't strike you it as doesn't bizarre. Bo- well, and when the governor <laughs> takes his name off of every website, every billboard, every announcement, even public service announcements oh that gosh, we air in the station, it will say Tom Wolf, governor. Oh, Joe, your funnels are getting bigger. No, I just don't think it's a big. <laughs> I don't think it's a big deal. Oh, I don't care if Elmer Fudd's name's on it as oh, long as it gets to the people who need it. Twelve hundred. Well, you ain't getting one anyway. So, all right, <laughs> uh, we would invite. What are your opinion? Do you think this is a good thing, as Joe does? That no, I don't think it matters. Tr- it's inconsequential. <laughs> <laughs> it's looking for something right, to poke it's in the president. Let's just <laughs> poke the president's eyes out for everything. I think a more consequence is that, you know, I heard this morning on CNN that he's withholding funding from uh, the WHO, WHO. And they're saying the president in his attempt to find scapegoats. You know, it's well, not that's scapegoating. What he's doing. Well, you, hey, they, don't you think the World Health Organization should be looked at? I do. <laughs> they're the ones who came down on him for closing the borders to the Chinese, saying it wasn't that wasn't time for uh, that yet. That would be fine if that were his motivation. If if good government and proper use of federal dollars it were his motivation, that would be fine. It is his, his motivation. Mo- no, his motivation is to pass the buck to no, make sure it not. sounds like uh, to make it sound like he didn't miss this from the beginning. Which I'm not even saying that he did. I'm just saying he's accused of that by some people, and so in order to pass the buck or find a scapegoat, I mean, what was it the other day? Today it's this, the other day it was reporters and mainstream media. Well, it was his little video show that you disliked (laughs) so intensely. I don't don't dislike it, it's just a campaign video, that's all. No, it's not, it was explaining what he had done. Oh, it did And it's like saying that the people on the other side haven't made videos pointing out all of the things they think point the fact that he blew it. So what's the difference if he makes one that says, I didn't blow it? Well, maybe because his campaign video was produced with taxpayer dollars and shown on taxpayer time during a time when he's supposed to be talking about forward-thinking important <laughs> elements that relate to us coping with the pandemic. Every dollar spent no. in this country is taxpayer dollars. You're a taxpayer. You have money in your wallet. You spend it. That's taxpayer money. Oh, Joe. You have got to get off of Hannity. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Joe is uh, off the rails along with his favorite president. 1-800-795-9595. I think he bears some responsibility, but so do the Democrats. So does the World Health Organization. If we're going to be fair about it, let's be fair about it. Let's examine everybody. I should have a glass of wine before this this show. You know, the other thing. This is a call-in show. Have you found anybody, any of the mainstream media, covering the fact that a former Senate staffer accused Joe Biden of sexual assault? assault. The mainstream media is burying that one. They're burying it. They're covering it. It's just buried in the back page. All right. 1-800-795-9565. Eric, thank you for waiting while Joe uh, downloads some of the important information from Fox News this morning. (laughs) You're on the mark. Thank you, gentlemen, for taking my call. Uh, Appreciated having our district attorney, Mike, on on this morning. And I think something that um, I'm pretty sure on uh, anyone who is incarcerated in a county lockup is either A, awaiting trial, or B, under sentence for uh, two years or less than two years of a sentence, meaning that we don't have uh, murderers, rapists, and that type of thing 
uh, in our local lockups. Uh, so even if we are going to be releasing some folks earlier, uh, it would be, you know, pretty good assumption that it was for a minor crime. So I don't think we have to be concerned that we're suddenly turning loose all of these, uh, you know, dangerous people back in the community if, if they are indeed looking at, at releasing some of these folks. Um, the second point I'd like to make is I have been um, reluctant and then continue to be reluctant to point fingers who's responsible. Uh, did we do something timely or did we not? However, what President Trump, and I use the word President Trump, and so often we just say Trump or Donald or whatever. He is the President of the United States. Right. Not we don't right. use just Trump in this room. Correct. But, but so many of your callers do. Trump, like, like it's uh, you know, the next-door neighbor or it's, it's someone they have disdain for. He is the President of the United States uh, and will be for at least another nine months. However, my concern, and my, as I have stated many times on this program, is that uh, President Trump is not acting presidential. And the two latest things that my concern, not pointing fingers backwards, but what is happening right now, is first of all, the narcissistic, and the correct, that's the correct term, to insist that his name appear on, the, uh, on these checks, which is unprecedented. We have had... We have had different presidents, uh, including President Obama, after the 2008 recession. Um, we have had other presidents, uh, by their, their authority, authority of Congress, uh, issue these checks. And there never has been the, um, the president's name on them. I think what the president's trying to do is make a grandstand play to get reelected, because the president has some smart people around him. And he realizes, as my research has also indicated, that no president in modern times has won re-election during time of a recession. Jimmy Carter did not get re-elected in 1980 after the recession of 79. Uh, the first president, of, um, the first president uh, George W. Bush, did not get re-elected in 1992 after the recession of 1991. And this president realized, unless he makes a grandstand play, including has names on checks, that he's not getting reelected. And again, it's just demonstrating to me, as a informed voter, that this president, President Donald Trump, does not act presidential. Well, yeah. Intense grandiosity, belief in self-perfection, feels privileged, exploits others, lusts after power, has anger with no remorse, has uh, claims to have insight into others, blames others for their for his problems, uh, cognitively well never mind promiscuity well never mind the rest is sexual I don't know what his dilemmas are there if any <laughs> but uh, <laughs> malignant narcissism is what we're calling it. Look, you know, uh, let's be honest about this. Politicians' names appear on things all the time. Oh, there used to be benches in the park that said contributions of Swalina and Lewis when they were the county commissioners. Mm -hmm. Politicians, it's one of the perks of the office. You can you put your name on stuff. And it's not alone a Republican president doing it. It's Democratic governors, mayors in certain cities. That is, the, uh, it, it happens all the time. Joe, to make a big deal out of this is ridiculous. I'm not, nobody's making a big deal. It's just a conversation. This is a conversation we're, show, so we're talking about right, it. I know, but Let, I just don't... Listen, I think there's bigger fish to fry. We're, we're not these checks, though, gentlemen, the result of the action of both houses of Congress. Yes, of course. And the president course. just signed off on it. 
Yeah, let's Should put Chuck Schumer's name this, on it. This instead. check is 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 a a stimulus from your representatives and your you know is that not a more appropriate uh, if you're responsible to someone? Well, I think right. it'd be added a, to the people who little, actually put the legislation in place. Be a Thank little crowded you. on the bottom of the check with the name of everybody in Congress and the United States Senate. Thank you so and much. And you Eric. know what? You're absolutely right. So why don't we leave it blank as it has been? Well, it has absolutely. to be signed by some. It's still going to be Thank signed you, by Eric. a bureaucrat. He wanted his signature on it, but the president is not authorized to sign checks. Well, so it ha- it'll be a bureaucrat whose name is on it. It's just a, a notation in the, uh, what do you call it, the memo section? I love your analogy of Swalina Lewis. <laughs> like, the president's not a bad president. He's like Swalina Lewis. Oh, that's pretty good, Joe. That's rich. <laughs> Worst I commissioners. I really mentioned that I once sat on a bu- bench in a park that had their name on it. All right. Appropriate use. All right. Of the, of the name. Thank you, Joe, for making our case. All right. 1-800-795-9565. Two lanes are occupied. Two lanes are open. We'll be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC Way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to the KFK Live Telephone Talk Show. On the mark, uh, Joe McGranahan is here. Rob Satter just could not be any fabulouser. If he gave me a critique sheet, I just wouldn't have anything to add to it. So we appreciate his help and, and hard work. Uh, let's see, who's been waiting the longest? Bob B. Bobby, you've been waiting forever. You're on the mark. Oh, that's, uh, good morning, everyone. You know, with, uh, okay, like the prisoners and everything, uh, uh, okay, this is a, and then, then with everything that's coming down with the state, well, okay, we are a commonwealth, and the laws are different in a commonwealth than a state. Well, what, really? It, how so? I've never heard that one before. How are they okay, different? Well, okay, okay maybe, maybe when it comes to property, uh, I, I'm going to say settling estates in that, where <laughs> if you're a family and you transfer uh, property, whether it's... Uh, uh, you know, a home. I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't know about a car, but maybe a home and, and finances in that. There's uh, uh, no or little tax implications unless it becomes part of an estate. I mm. think you better check on that one. I don't think there's any well, difference I mean, between. Well, yeah, as far as the, the I mean, there's okay here in Pennsylvania. Of course, taxes. Um, you know, have a lot to do with uh, uh, you know settling a state. I mean, and when my grandmother passed away in like 1982, there was not an updated will, so we had to buy all the furniture that was in mm, the house. Okay. 
plus the house and that. So if the house was put in uh, somebody else's name or passed down or something like that between a husband and what I understand without a will, uh, mm-hmm. This is the state all over, oh, yeah, the Commonwealth all over. I okay, husband you. and wife, everything automatically goes to the surviving spouse. What, out of and, curiosity, what does that okay. have to do with the coronavirus and the situation we're in? Yeah, yeah, and then down, you know, downline uh, to children. Now, this is without a will. You know, d- downline to children, and then across the line to brothers and sisters, and up the line to grandparents. In other words, that's without a will. But with a will, to update a will, to try to think ahead mm-hmm. on anything, uh, it's better to do it while you know while people are there, and then especially if you want to pass your property down to the next generation. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Sound advice. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Now folks will know that. Uh, Van, you're on the mark. Good morning. Did you guys see yesterday the meeting that President Trump had with the COVID survivors? I saw part of it. A little of it, yeah. I, I didn't watch too much. Including of it. a Democratic congresswoman who quotes his pushing of the uh, that malarial drug is saving her life. Yeah, the hydrochloroquine. Yeah, hydrochloroquine, that, right? And uh, yeah, she was she was really pleased with that. Her husband was was all excited about it and praised President Trump for that. And you know, what was interesting to me is how President Trump comes off as a very caring person, even though many people like Mr. there loves to just put down President Trump and continually condemn him and call him a narcissist and call him, you know, just all kinds of things against his character. And yet the man, when he, when he deals with people on a personal basis, people seem to really like him. And here you have a Democratic congresswoman from Michigan who who praised him and and she said thank you and she even she showed like she was really like almost uncomfortable with even saying thank you because of the partisan politics she said you know i'm saying thank you basically i can't remember her exact words but as a human being to another human being and things are so partisan and mark i don't know what you're trying to accomplish by continually you know condemning the president there's plenty, plenty of stuff to condemn everyone about, pretty much in politics. And honestly, Nancy Pelosi, if you want to condemn somebody, pick someone like that, that, that her whole city is a mess. Or pick someone like Chuck Schumer, who for years hasn't done anything as a senator except for beat the, the drums of how horrible the Republicans are and how horrible our president is. Well, Van, this is an opinion show, so if you are afraid of other people's opinions, I'm not, you're going to have to I'm listen to I'm not afraid some, of other people's opinions. You're going to have to listen to something else, because this is an opinion show. Nancy Pelosi certainly has uh, done some misdeeds and is worthy, and I think she gets pretty heavily criticized on this show. You're not the first person to call her out for oh, all kinds of things. I mean, almost anything she does, there'll be a complaint about her here. Uh, I am not name-calling the president. Somebody asked me to stop using the B word you to describe it. You called him a buffoon many, many times. I've stopped doing that again. The same person who asked me before asked me to stop again, and I stopped doing that. Uh, to call the president a narcissist, that is a personality trait of his. It's not a name-calling, so look it up. You know, If I were going to call him a name, I'd call him the B word again, but I'm not going to. Well, but it is it is name-calling. I mean, you're, you're not qualified to make that diagnosis, nor am I. I'm not saying that I'm a I mental health expert. I mean, actually, you're, you're asserting Joe. his mental health is perhaps in question. It is obvious. And then the lastly, Van, 
he's a public person. Uh, he, he does not need your defense. He has placed himself in the podium so that people who are voters and have an opinion can express it just as you just expressed your opinion about me. So that's your opportunity to express your opinion. That's what this show is about. And again, if you want to insulate your opinions, you're going to have to listen to... Uh, Are you going to let him continue? ESPN, sure. Yeah, okay. absolutely. I'm insulating my opinion. What's that mean? Uh, you're going to have to take it somewhere else. If, if you can't stand opinions, you're not going to be able to I, listen to the show. I, it's I, not who, just who me. Said, you're the one that says I can't stand opinions. I'm just saying that that you are causing a lot of a lot of problems, just like the media. The media has caused a lot of division in this country, which we don't really need at this point. Do you think we need more division, or do you think we need unity at this time? I have said over and over and over again, I would love this show to be about forward-thinking conversations that result in where we should go next. I watched the president's two-hour uh, presentation yesterday. And I watched it from beginning to end. I thought he did a fabulous job bringing up different responders and uh, not victims, but you know, recovered patients and people who are involved in some of the research, that's what we should be talking about on this show. Well, that's, I that's don't amazing bring that up you say that now because what you did at the beginning of the show is this constant criticism of the president, and that's you know again you know people people don't like the negativity, and yes, there's plenty of stuff to be negative on both sides of the aisle with, when it comes to politics, but by doing that, what are you accomplishing? Uh, we get to express our opinion, and it helps but us to build yes, a better democracy. But I get, well, he, I don't think he was done. <laughs> well, you cut if, him if off. he's going to talk on top of me, we, we're going to well, move uh, on. Yeah, I hate to tell you, but you allow um, people to talk on top of me all the time. Notably, uh, we put Chris. him on hold at your request. Oh, okay, well, sometimes you are a little slow in that. But in any event, I think what Van's point, let, let's take the personal criticism of you out of the equation. He makes a good point. That, you know, and it's the same thing with this check, the signing of the check. That's not the stuff that's important today. What's important is that we find some way to get this country back on its feet again, get everybody open, get everybody tested who needs tested. You know, I mean, there's so much criticism floating around, and I think most of it, like I said, I'm willing to give the governor a, a pass. I'm willing to give the president a pass. We're in uncharted territory here. I think all of us need to be a little more understanding and a little less quick on the trigger Why to call do somebody this? a name. It is not. 9.33.48 right now. From now on, we're not going to look in the rearview mirror at all whatsoever. Everything will be about what we're going to do next. Well, I don't think that'll fly, but you're welcome to okay. assert it. <laughs> uh, Steve, we invite you to offer a forward-thinking remark about our nation's... Considering his topic headline on the monitor is criticism of well, Trump, maybe he's we may not hear that. Okay, here. he's grandfathered in then. But Steve, you have the floor. Go right ahead. You're on the mark. Good morning, guys. Uh, I'm glad I live in this area where so many moral and intelligent people live. And I want to know that all these people that criticize the president, when they get that check, are they going to cash it? Or are they going to donate it to the IRS to, to help the trillions of, uh, trillions of dollars we're in debt to? <laughs> You know, it's one thing to criticize somebody, put your money where your mouth is, don't cash the check if you don't like the president or what's going on, <laughs> and donate it to somebody. And I wonder... Well, this came from my congressman. Uh, Fred Keller voted for this. That's why I'm cashing mine. Well, I, I didn't... 
here at the very, very beginning of your show. But I'm just wondering, if he's so terrible, if you stand on principle, if you're more moral than him, then you know what? When you get that check, turn it right over to the IRS or, or, or t- whether you get $1,200, whatever the heck you get, and donate it. Don't even use it then. Then you are morally superior to me and smarter than me and smarter than 90% of the other people in this country. Well, you bring up a good point because I've seen some of my Facebook friends who are on the liberal side of things just post horrible things about the president. One of them said we should not rest until every last Republican was gone. He didn't specify how gone, whether he meant we should be eliminated or just voted out of office. But I would suspect he would not accept a check with President Trump's name on it. I'm sure he would return it. (laughs) He'd send it back. (laughs) Well, what about the fact that it should have our grandchildren? The thing, though, I want to say is it it isn't even – I don't want you – First of all, I support the president, but I'm not saying the man's perfect. But there hasn't been a personal life that is perfect. But if your morals and and what you perceive is so bad, donate your, your entire check and don't take it because he's such an offensive man to some that that's black money, devil money, and that. And you know what? No one's going to do it. Well, Steve, but the next day after they take that money, they're going to be bashing him. Steve, what about this? What about the fact that uh, our good congressmen and senators voted for this because they thought we should have the money? I'm going to spend that money in their name, and I'm also going to cross out the president's name and write in the name of my great-grandchildren yet to be born because it is they who are going to pay this. And the third reason, really, people should keep it is they're overtaxed. You know, our tax system is way unfair. Here's a rare opportunity that you finally get some of this wasted tax money back. You know, I, I think, was it President George H.W. Bush that made sure the checks said, this is your money returned, or this is your money back? I, I forget what the stimulus check said. But I want to come with you when you spend the money in the name of Fred Keller. I want to hear you announce that to <laughs> well, the I'll person you're have to buy a red shirt from. and a red tie. So, All right, Steve, you got another well, you, couple you, seconds. Go ahead. You know what? So, um, that's my time up? No, 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 another couple I, seconds. I, I'd, say, I'd say, no, you may have a point there. But what I'm trying to say is, and I'm not saying it's wrong in all cases, but if we spend billions and billions and billions of dollars all over the world, isn't there something to say about our money being sent everywhere? I'm not saying it's good or bad, and I know your point that it's our money and we should get it, but you know what, we have to look we got to look at some of these politicians and, and look at other uh, news distributors and stuff. we got to start making some changes. All right. Well and, said. Uh, I agree with that. We're doing a forward-thinking show from here on out. So, Steve, we're stepping off thanks, from uh, your remark. All right. got lines lit up. Uh, quickie break. We'll be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guy's force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. 
The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Hi, this is Scott Path, CEO of Milton Savings Bank in Milton. While other banks come and go or change their names and lose their community focus, we've remained in Milton serving the needs of our community, as well as Northumberland, Union, and other surrounding counties, all while making decisions right here locally. With 100 years of focusing on residential mortgage lending, we offer purchase money, construction, and home equity loans, as well as personal loans for your other borrowing needs. At Milton Savings Bank, we offer checking, savings, and money market accounts, as well as Christmas and vacation clubs, online and mobile banking, and IRAs. We also offer business checking accounts with no minimum balance and no fees. We're excited to announce our 100th anniversary celebration. Follow us on Facebook for upcoming details. Thank you for supporting Milton's only hometown bank. Not a customer? See what you're missing. Stop in at 80 Broadway, Milton, or call us at 570-742-8541. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Evangelical Community Hospital has been overwhelmed with requests from our generous community asking to donate supplies. To maximize the impact your gift can have in the fight against the novel coronavirus, we've put together a list of our most critical needs. Items such as N95 respirator masks, sanitizing wipes, and face shields. To keep our team safe and healthy, to see a list of acceptable items, please visit evanhospital.com support. That's evanhospital.com support. And thank you from Evangelical Community Hospital. I'm Jojo Shingara. I've been with Manor Care since 2001. I wanted a rewarding career, and I started as a certified nursing assistant. Now I have advanced to a human resource director. From caring for diseases and disorders to providing support to our patients and their loved ones, our employees are determined to bring comfort and hope to all. We are starting 2020 off with new wage increases for entry-level nurse aides starting over $13 an hour. Apply today at jobs.hcr-manorcare.com or call me at 570 Hi, everybody. Steve Jones, Sal Palantonio, Charlie Casserly. Today, 3 to 5 News Radio, 1070 WKOK. All right, welcome back. We got the phones lit up, so we're just going to go from call to call. Cindy is next up. Good morning, Cindy. You're on the mark. Good morning, gentlemen. Isn't it a beautiful one? Listen, I have a question. I understand that in these checks or these things that are being deposited in your in your uh, checking account that 17-year-olds have been deliberately excluded. So if your child is 17, living at home with you, you will not get $500 for them, nor will they get $500. And I don't understand why 17-year-olds would be so arbitrarily cut out of this. Whatever government policy we have that that leans on, you know, that that, that put forward that uh, rule, I think they ought to adjust that rule. Hmm. We'll have to ask. Uh, Doesn't seem to make sense. I can't sense. imagine That's that an that many seventeen-year-olds are independent. But let's pretend they are. Well, then shouldn't they get the twelve hundred dollars, just like a twenty-seven-year-old and a thirty-seven-year-old and a forty-seven-year-old and a fifty-seven-year-old? Well, will? but they don't pay taxes, though. They probably don't well, have they would, income. They tax. would if they're independent. Well, yeah, if they're independent, but how many emancipated 17-year-olds are there Well, the then country? they're dependent. They should be on the parents' $500. Exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. I agree they should get the $500, but... 
I don't understand that. 17-year-olds probably cost quite a bit. Isn't the intent here to support people that need support? So, for example, what about foster kids? I mean, are they just being hung out to dry? I, I don't understand the thinking here, and I would love to hear some explanation for this arbitrary cutoff at 16 years old. The other question I have I don't understand is why can't you buy a car? What is COVID dangerous about purchasing a car? In my experience, when we go to buy a car, we usually interact with one person at the car lot who shows us vehicles, and then they go to a person who they speak to about the price and come back to us, and then they go to someone else who produces paperwork and bring it back to us. I don't know why I couldn't don a mask and have that interaction. I come in contact with way more people at the grocery store, at a pharmacy, you know. Well, the governor deemed understand. it non-essential, but these new guidelines that they want to get going, they, car sales would be permitted as part of the transportation, you know, wing of the discussion. Yeah. Governor Wolf can't admit he made a mistake, just as the president sometimes can't admit he makes one. But what if you're driving down the road and you wreck your car or the thing finally has a last gasp, as many low lower income people do drive cars, you know, they're old and they've seen their last day and now we've cut off their opportunity to replace their transportation. Oh, yeah, oh but we yeah. haven't. I understand the car rental places are considered essential and they're open. <laughs> but no, then you have to have a credit card. And what if you don't have a credit card? I mean, I, I just think that we what we desperately need is a more reasoned approach. Well, Instead of just painting everything black, what should have happened is I get that they did it, but they should have been far more forward-thinking, as Mark likes to say, about re-examining specific things and saying to themselves, well, exactly what danger does this represent? Right. You're in more danger going to your doctor's office than to a car lot to buy a used car or a new well, elective car. Were, were, I were, the, were I the governor, I might have done exactly what Governor Wolf did initially, but then my first reaction, or second reaction, would have been to say, okay, we've stopped what we believe we needed to stop, but now let's review this and see whether or not these things really pose a danger, what danger they pose, and can it be mitigated enough to let them reopen? But that hasn't happened. To me, that would be common sense. But here we closed it down. I mean, it's like the the state stores. So people are going over the borders to Virginia and Ohio, and now those governors are putting in place measures to not sell to Pennsylvania, only to sell to their own citizens. So, I mean, the governor's created more problems than he solved. All right, thank you right, so and much, now you Cindy. you have people crossing the border. Isn't that a foolish thing to be? Absolutely. You know, no offense to New Yorkers, but please stay home. I thank you. I really don't want you coming here. <laughs> thank you, Cindy. we got to get the next caller going. This is another good example of government policy, well-intended, but foolish. Name and, and, and then when the nope, light go. is shown go. on the we gotta problem... Go. we got to go. I'm so sorry. Sorry, Cindy, but we've got four uh, yeah, other calls. we got to stick to the three-minute rules. Van, you get 60 seconds of glory. You're on the mark. Oh, thanks for allowing me back on. I guess you must have cut me off because I was over-talking you or what? Right, because you weren't listening to uh, our discussion. That's correct. Well, plus you're at four minutes, three minutes the limit. But anyway, go ahead. you got the floor oh. now, and you've already used ten seconds. All right, well, the thing is, the thing is you were over-talking me, but that's beside the point since you have your whole show. But anyway, I know why you cut me off, and that just that just proves that, like, you criticized President Trump but you you couldn't even begin to take half the criticism or even probably a thousand <laughs> of the criticism he gets because when you get it you you get upset and cut people off 
Okay. All right. Noted. Thank you so much, Van. Thank Appreciate you, Van. the call. Chris, you're on the mark. Go right ahead. Oh, uh, you missed Tom. He was next. Oh, I'm sorry. No, Tom. Yeah, Tom is next. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm just saying the wrong oh, name. Tom, you're on the mark. Yeah, you know I don't like Trump. I'm sure you know that. No, is that so? I'm surprised. And I'll tell you what. He can send me all the he can send me all the twelve hundred dollar checks he wants, and I'll sign them, and I won't feel guilty about it at all. Good for you. Fact, <laughs> I got my twelve hundred dollars already. All Direct right. deposit. I just got it. They put it in sometime last night. Was his name on it? No, no it's I not think a check. It's in the I know, deposit. but there was no no way for him to get his no name memo. on that, right? No, but that that's <laughs> ridiculous about that, getting his, his name on the check, because, number one, it's not his money. Well, we're only it's doing a forward-thinking show, it's though. It's my money that I, it's our money that we paid in. It's not his money. And it, it, there's always been a standard procedure, and I don't know what the guy's name is. There's always some guy that I never heard of that always has his <laughs> name on the check. So there was no reason, there was no reason for Donald Trump to have his name on the check, other than he's a big ham. <laughs> is there and any reason for the governor to? For it. They didn't need it. Is there any it's reason? He's not going to make the check worth any more money. All it is is he's trying to get reelected. He's a big ham. Is there, any reason, is there any reason for the governor's name to be on everything in Pennsylvania? Tom Wolf, governor, is politicians maybe do this all the, the time. Maybe it's always been. Maybe whoever the governor is, maybe they don't have another a separate guy like the like the federal government. I don't know. They probably don't. But the federal government has some guy that nobody ever heard of that always signs these checks. Not Donald Trump. Will be the Secretary of the Treasury, I would think, or the. Um, well, whoever it is, I don't know, but it's it's a standard procedure for each different place, and now he's changing it. Well, Joe said it's a bureaucrat. Yeah, it's a bureaucrat. Well, well whoever he is, I don't know what the guy's name is. I've seen his name on the internet before. They were. This is a big thing they've been talking about, and I've seen the guy's name. Well, it probably is on your but dollar I bill. If, you, if you look on your dollar bill, that's signed by the treasurer of the United States, not the secretary of the treasury, but the treasurer. So that's probably who signs the checks. Well, I, it could be. I don't know. But there was no need for Donald Trump to have his name on there. <laughs> okay, fair right, enough. Moving and, on. And, and, and these crybabies, these crybabies like Van, because he even called up and complained about me, about Trump. They're probably the same people that would not let Hillary Clinton go on her emails or Benghazi. The same crybabies that are calling up this show, and that's what they are, crybabies, are the same ones that were calling up and complaining about Hillary Clinton with her emails in Benghazi. And another thing... Well, as Mark said, though, as Mark said, it's an opinion program, and their opinions are just right. as welcome as yours. Well, then you, he, why is he crying about an opinion, then? Well, I'm not crying about Indeed. anybody's opinion. Uh, he doesn't like the name-calling, this diagnosis that I've given the president, that he's a malignant narcissist. That irritates well, now you're another, calling him malignant. <laughs> I used that name that, earlier. that are complaining about this check, about people getting this money because uh, they don't like Trump, well, they're the, probably the same people that are so against socialism. Oh, socialism is the most terrible thing there is in the world. Oh, this socialism is terrible. And they're the ones that are probably so happy to get that check, they can't wait till they get their hands on it. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, there's another, that's hypocrite. The guy, whoever said that, the guy's a hypocrite. All right. Because if anybody shouldn't get the check, it should be the people that are against socialism. 
All right. Thank you so much, Tom. Really appreciate your opinions. Appreciate the right. call. Thank you, sir. All right. We'll take a quickie break. we got one caller standing by and some more open lines. we got Tons emails. Of emails and, and texts. We'll be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark, 1-800-795-9565. Only forward-thinking opinions, no looking back at all well, whatsoever. I guess we're not going to read the email I'm about to read. Well, it's says, grandfathered in. Which says, Trump is the only narcissist, right, Mark? What an old dead horse to beat. The media lifted Obama up like a saint, literally. Remember the time cover with the halo? Put away the Fox Hannity deflection. That's all you have to counter Joe with, old hat. One more. And a 17-year-old cutoff, which my son falls on, is following the same age but off for the $1,000 child credit on tax returns. Anybody whose kid turned 17 lately knows this. All right. I don't get that, but I'm not smart enough. So you don't have a 17-year-old kid. No argument there. Twice that old she is now. Chris, you're on the mark. Yeah, you wonder how some people's brains work. I mean, the bill was originated as a spending bill, so I suppose it originated in the House, although... There seem to be ways around that lately, and the first time I really read about it, it was in the Senate, and then went to the House. So I've been confused about how they make exceptions to that sometimes, but maybe this wasn't one, in which case it originated with Nancy Pelosi. That guy didn't seem to like Nancy Pelosi very much, so maybe he shouldn't cash his check either. I don't know. (laughs) It seems kind of foolish to me. Just like the uh, there is a good reason for Trump to try to get his name on the check. It's an election year, sure. and he's right. going to have uh, money coming to you, and you'll see his name. I mean, he whiz. 70, 70 million people he are going to get a chance. for everything he's only part of, you know? Unless it's everybody deflects all blame for anything. And he loves to hear praise about himself. He, you know, he probably likes to hear himself criticized, too, as far as I can tell. Well, thinking forward, what but should what should a, we oh, do? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Thinking thinking forward, what should we do? Thinking forward, well, you should vote against the president when he <laughs> runs for re-election. That would help a lot. June second. <laughs> so I guess that primary but, won't matter. But you know, you can't when when people call up and object to you calling names about the president. Uh, it, shouldn't they be talking to Trump? since he calls so many people names. Well, just because he lowers himself. Just because he lowers himself to that doesn't mean I should do it. No, but uh, in general, if you are the president, you have the biggest microphone. So what are you encouraging when you call people names? 
online bullying? <laughs> well, you're, you're, you're encouraging that behavior, and if you only let one side get away with it, well, you're going to end up in a hole, especially when the guy who's doing it has the bigger microphone. So you know two, wrong, I mean? two wrongs now make a right. Uh, two rounds, one wrong can correct another wrong. Really? <laughs> <laughs> well, then I just said two wrongs make a right. I wouldn't say it makes a right, but it, uh, it, you can't just let one side cheat and the other side play fair and then have say it's a fair contest, can you? But, you know, let's face it. The president gets a lot of undue criticism, I think. I mean, he deserves some of it. I'm not going to argue that with you. He does deserve some of the criticism he gets. But, you know, it, I think it gets a little tiresome. I believe, like I believe of Governor Wolf and like I believe of Governor Cuomo, their hearts in this issue are in the right place. They're trying to do what they perceive as the best thing for the country. Now, you and I may disagree with one of their actions or other actions they take, yeah. but they still, I think their hearts are in the right place. And if I were the president... I don't think Trump's heart's really in the right place. Okay, well, there, there's the issue right there. You're not willing I, to give I the guy really any don't credit. I think so, and I think there's very well, a lot of evidence to show that. Well, I disagree. I but, think I think he has worked instance, very hard. You know, if he wants to not be criticized, it would be a good thing not to be able to... It would be a good thing to be able to admit a mistake. It would be a good thing to be able to uh, give corona information at your daily briefing without uh, without making it a political statement all the time without making lies all the time and without self-praising yourself as, uh, well, what a great job you did when you obviously didn't but that's a subjective opinion and a lot of people think he did do a good job but, but you can't let one side get away with oh I did a great job and no and I did this and do that and some of it's made up and some of it's just misrepresenting and you can't say say anything back to him because that's criticizing the president all the time if he just do his job he'd get a lot less criticism but he's really bad at doing his job he's very bad at understanding government and doing what government does it takes work concentration and effort and he does not give that he's well, a publicist public publicist at heart i think he's done i think he's done the best he can under the circumstances and i i'm willing to cut the guy I, some slack I, no, which you are no, not willing to do can. and that's all the time we have on on the mark for today thank you very much for being with us <laughs> you do the best you can i'll say that for you thank you chris can you say wk okay sunbury love you joe all right this is news radio 1070 wk okay sunbury